Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Howdy, I'm Mark Presley, and you're listening to, as I said, a deeper dive with Sam Holm. This week, Sam is back. Yay! The crowd goes wild. <laughs> uh, seriously, Sam, you've been gone for a couple weeks. I know you went to Pine Cove, Colorado. Basically, you circumvented the globe, I think, on different things, conference, all those kind of things. So welcome back. Thank you. It's it's good to be back. Speaking of the crowd, y'all know we have this live audience in here that you just heard cheer the the crowd going no, wild. No, it's, it's just Garrett and Andrew helping us. They make it sa- make us sound great. Yes, that, thank so. you to Garrett and Andrew for making us sound great. Yes, the last few weeks have been um, actually difficult for our family because our kids have been sick physically and other ways also. So that's been a, it's been a rough few weeks on that, but at the same time, it's been good to get some time to read and to, to be with family, and so we were at camp, Pine Cove, and then we got to see my wife's family, and uh, and then we I was at a conference this last week that I've hoped to go to the last few years, so it's been a, been a good time. Well, welcome back. I know uh, you mentioned some of that in your sermon, and uh, before I get there, make sure on this podcast, like others, make sure you like, subscribe, as Sam says, smash the like button. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Now, Sam, uh, you talked this last week from Romans 12, 9 through 13, kind of on how to be a real friend. Uh, I know Paul gives us, you said, 13 imperatives in your sermon, but you narrowed it down to five. So why don't you kind of summarize? And if you missed his sermon, I always say that, but you can go to firstmckinney.com slash on demand and watch any sermons. And, and Alan Parr is on there. Chris is on there. And Justin are on there also if you missed those sermons while Sam was out. Yes, and they did a phenomenal job kind of jumping with us from Paul's teaching on the gospel that ends in 11 to this real practical now, how do we offer our bodies as living sacrifices in response to the gospel, which is where Paul will be for the rest of the letter, right? And uh, friendship is a big deal, and we have a lonely culture, and it's very, very relevant. The Bible's always relevant, but very relevant to see the teaching that Paul gives the church on what real friendship is to look like, right? A lot of people right now are asking, how do I find real friends? And I've been there before. When Rebecca and I moved from camp to Dallas, we went through a season of loneliness in our lives. And I remember my wife saying, will I ever have friends like I did in college again and looking for that and trying to find that. Friendship is so important. And maybe you feel lonely right now. What does the Bible have to say about it? Well, the Bible actually doesn't teach us how to find friends the Bible teaches us how to be a friend, and ultimately it's living and loving like Jesus, uh, uh, loving people around us like Jesus loves us. And so that what Paul says is we, we kind of summarized each one of these five verses as he says, how do you be a real friend? You call those up around you to live and love like Jesus. We're, we're in a culture right now that thinks love is to accept whatever anyone feels like they need to do. And, and that's not what real friendship is. That's, that's going to become a uh, hypocritical friendship. And our love, Paul says, is to be apart from hypocrisy, and we are to hate evil, love good in our relationships. So to call those up around us to love like Jesus and to live like Jesus. Then to lift up and show value, he says to outdo one another in showing honor. And our culture wants to honor people right now. That's a great thing. But Christians not not only just try to treat people with honor, they actually 
Paul says in, in, in Philippians chapter 2, you actually consider others more important than yourself, and you lift them up. So call up to live in love like Jesus, lift up, show value, fire up to passionate service. He actually uses the word fervent, which means to boil fervently, like to push people to serve the Lord with a fervency in their life. Maybe you've had friends like that that have motivated you to really live a life in response to Christ. Uh, those are good friends, right? Those are real friends. To hold up in hard times, uh, we need people around us when we hurt, and the Christian can show the hope that Jesus offers to those that are going through trouble, hard times. They pray for those in hard times, he talks about. And then finally, open up and share. He says, contribute, the koinonia word, to, to really share with the saints, the, to meet needs in their lives, and then to seek to show hospitality, opening up the doors of our homes, our pockets, to those that are around us. So if we're lonely, how do we find real friends? Will you actually will you be, start living life being a friend, right? Being this way, sacrificially loving those around you, calling them up, lifting them up, firing them up, holding them up, opening up what's in your life as you give to them. So that was the sermon from the week. You joked about it on Sunday, but it brought to mind to me right away. Now, I know you were homeschooled, but we used to play a game in elementary school, seven heads up, seven up. Yep. And you had to put your thumbs down and who was picked and all that. But yeah. So someone after first hour came up and was like, I kept waiting for the seven ups because each one had up in it. And I was like, well, I guess that's. a disappointment. But for you, it was probably, did you play 7-Up? I mean, you were homeschooled, so it never be, played it. you and your, never played it. your brothers, I guess, playing. I don't even know if I've drank 7-Up, but I've had a Sprite before. I've told they've been told they're very similar, but they're, they're not. Yeah, they're, they're, no, Andrew says they're not. He's, well, he's watching. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, just for fun, though, uh, we talking about Be a Friend, and we talked a little off, off script here, but mm-hmm. who was your best friend growing up? Just curious. So my closest friend growing up, I, I was homeschooled again. Like you know, there was one other kid in my youth group, and he was really more my brother's age. So you grew up lonely too, because you yes, were yes. homeschooled and one other friend. Yeah, That's basically it. So started public school late junior high, and I had some surface level friends. But it wasn't until mid high school that I started doing dishes at a camp, and I met this guy. His name's Clint. And uh, Clint became my closest friend. He's actually why I was registered to go to A&M and then decided to move from A&M to Baylor because he was going to Baylor. smart choice. Yes, yes. And uh, smart choice, sick him. Yes. (laughs) We both go to Baylor if you – or went to Baylor. Well, we could still go maybe, right? Maybe. maybe. We're like 23, 24. Yeah, yeah. I've had a couple of anniversaries since then, but yes. Yeah. So he's he's my, my closest friend in life and still is. He's actually uh, recently moved back from L.A. He was an actor for years. He moved back from L.A. to this area and joined our church. And so every Thursday morning uh, from 745 until about 840, uh, 845, 9 o'clock, we're, we're uh, walking and talking and sharing life together. And he knows uh everything about me uh, and it's not all good and he still loves me. So, and I think that you said off air, but the key to that is not just that you take from him, but that you're giving too, because it's to be a friend. It's not just receive that friendship. It's being a friend. Yeah. I actually sent him my notes on this outline last week and I said, Hey, you've been this in my life. Help me see, is this what Paul's saying and, and speak into it? 
uh, one of the things that he talked about is this opening up and sharing is, and I mentioned this on Sunday, but it's not just the words that Paul mentions here about contributing to needs financially or showing hospitality with a home, but it's doing that with your time and your conversation as well. And, and he's been that in my life. And this isn't one of our questions, but I, I kind of want to offer some practical advice or have you give some practical advice. I know coming out of Baylor, I went to seminary and that was the loneliest part of my life. Mm-hmm. I was living by myself. I thought seminary would be this giant Bible study and it wasn't. Yeah. It was more school and it was a very, very lonely time. One of the lowest points of my life. Mm-hmm. And my dad was my friend and came to me and he was the one that fired me up, held me up. And he actually, that's how I got to First Baptist is he said, you need to move home. You need to see if Grant will hire you and which he did. And, and the rest is you know, now we're here doing the podcast 25 years later. I'm learning right now. I didn't know your dad specifically played that role. That's yes, cool. So he, he fired me up, but coming out of that, we're coming out of COVID. People have been staying at home. They are lonely. And, and I think social media adds to that we could get in that whole discussion, but yeah. really if you're at home and you're lonely and you say, be a friend, what is some practical advice that someone could do to to be a friend to somebody? How yeah. can they find those friends? Yeah, I would start with who's in front of you, right? Uh, there, there, there are probably surface level relationships that you have either at work or at church, or who is it that you are seeing? Could be a neighbor, right? What would it look like for you to take that relationship to the next level through seeking to do some of what Paul has said here, right? To call that person up around you, to lift them up, to show value to them, to motivate them, fire them up, hold them up, open up and share in your life something. So I think it's an intentional step to show love from you to them selflessly that opens up that relationship to go deeper. And yeah, so I think you probably have people around you what does it look like to take the next step? And I think sometimes uh, there's an imaginary wall that you almost have to bust through that, yep. that you might get that rejection at first, but you have to keep pushing forward. And we talked, one of the questions that came in, it wasn't a text, it was an email to you, mm-hmm. was about groups yes. here. And again, if you want to find a group, you talked about it, firstmckinney.com slash groups. And that's a great place here at first to get connected. Yes. But those are hard to get into sometimes. So so what do you say to the person that has tried to get into those groups yes. and, and felt rejected or didn't feel part right away? What do you say to that person? Yes. And so that happens in our church. It also happens in other churches. I have had multiple conversations since Sunday. One was a person in our church, but they had not yet tried a group in our church because they had tried a group in another church. And this also happens in our church, for the record where they had said, hey, I've shown up in a group, I've tried that before, I didn't find friends, and so I don't, I don't really want to try that again. And as I talked with these people or exchanged messages with these people, the consistent thing was on some level there was a pain in their life that they had not really opened up to the room. And so uh, th- there was a reality of, of how deep they were willing to even expose themselves and go to. Some groups aren't going to respond. Some individuals aren't going to respond. Uh, one of the questions actually relates to that. Like if, you, if you've tried to go there and what, whatever. But let me, let me just interrupt you and ask that question. Okay, go for it. it was, yeah. uh, again, it was texted in, and you can text in the questions to the word question to 96123, and you'll get a prompt and then do it. But it basically, to summarize, it says, how do you spur on and refresh a friendship? 
where you are the one continually calling up someone else for years and years and they don't change. And it goes on a little more than that, but you're trying and, and there's no reciprocation to that. Yes. And yeah, they continue. I'm actually going to read a little farther in it because it's not just the calling up, right? It's the other things. It's very exhausting, disheartening to continue to be a friend to someone dead in quotes to receiving life and encouragement, right? And not having, so there, there will be, I actually had a guy at coaching me in my first year as a church minister. I was a teaching pastor at Park Cities under a guy that used to be here. And there was a counselor there that said, Sam, there will be some people that you're going to seek to minister to that are what, in his words, leeches. <laughs> now, there, I, I know this <laughs> shocked me. gross thought right there, but yeah. Gross thought. This is, this is a professional counselor. Have you ever had a leech? Uh, uh, Yes, I actually okay, have. We don't. Let's stop you do, there. You, you, we don't want to tell that I story. I didn't think you were going to say yes. We'll move on. <laughs> I have. Okay. Some people are going to be leeches. Back to the thought. You're, you forget I grew up close to Louisiana in the woods. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So yes. So his you point through leeches on your brother, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. yeah. S- some people aren't going to change. You're a leech thrower. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm glad that we're. I, okay. I, go on. Some people aren't going to change. After this, I will show you the my pet leech. No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Okay. So back to what he said. They're a, they're a ministry. I don't. And I can't even use the word. This is awesome. You, they're going to be leeches. I'll help you. Yes, they're going to be leeches. That does not mean you don't show love to them, right? But some people aren't going to change. Uh, some people are, in the words they put in quotes here, I think, was dead, and they're going to continue to be dead. Uh, Jesus at one point told his disciples, hey, if you're going into a city to do ministry and the people don't respond, he said, dust off your feet and go somewhere else, right? Doesn't mean you don't show love to the individual, but if you continue to, the best you know how, seek to show love and they don't respond, doesn't mean you're not going to love them, but you can stop specifically going out of your way to invest in that person and look for another opportunity for you to invest in someone else. Um, uh, I think that so often there are martyrs in the faith that think martyrdom means God is going to call me to something unfruitful for the rest of my life. That could be also not martyrdom, just dumb. (laughs) Okay. So if if the, the 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 what you're doing is not prompting a response, continue to show love, but don't go out of your way to do it. Now, I think there is a line just to clarify too. If they're family, if they're yeah. you know, you do need to yeah. keep trying on on those. But yes, you, there's some wisdom there, and and pray, and the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom. Yes, in that. And back to our our first question with the the people trying and all that. Mm-hmm. I did want to say I've learned from Grant at extreme camp that sometimes you'll sit in a small group and you need to be the one that opens up first Yes, and you're sitting there waiting for other people to open up and you want to receive. And, and every small group I've ever been in when that first person, it's almost like a a faucet. If you can just get the drips started, you know, you share something and then before you know it, everyone starts sharing. So I'd encourage anyone listening, if you are in a small group or a relationship, try that is share that first thing. Absolutely. And sometimes on those tough relationships, we think we're sharing that. We might try to share something there too. My most encouraging conversation I've gotten to have since Sunday was a neighbor that I actually didn't know was coming to our church regularly. 
but he's not in a group, and he is going through right now treatment uh, for cancer. And he said he and his wife had recently had a conversation about feeling alone. And he was prompted from the the passage on Sunday to say, hey, instead of me feeling sorry and feeling alone, I need to step up and show love to those around me. And I think that's, again, what Paul is saying here, if we... If we if, that friendship is us being obedient to God to go and love others. And when we do, Jesus says at different places, right, it's better to give than receive. And as we give, it's going to draw us into these relationships. And so I I learned from him as he was talking, he had reached out to five people on Sunday and said, and sought to do this, what Paul has called us to do uh, in love to them. And I, I just would invite y'all to do that. And to your point, if you've tried a group, the group, didn't all of a sudden get close to you. Maybe you didn't open up on your end uh, with what was really going on in your life so that they can see the needs that are there and and start to step in and be the church. I always think of the middle school lunchroom too. And uh, I try to encourage my kids the same way. I, know, I think you have too. When they, that first day of school, we're about to start school soon is mm-hmm. they look around and they try to find someone that is alone mm-hmm. and be a friend to that person. And you never know where that where that will lead, where that will go. But God calls us to love the unloved, not that that person's not unloved, but I'm saying to reach out there and and be friends to those kind of people. I know this is calling us to a deeper friendship, but I don't want to forget that, that we need to reach out to those around us too. So when you come to church on Sunday, look around. Is there someone that looks alone? Because COVID made us a more alone society. I don't know the right phrase there, but uh, definitely... Absolutely. And at the end, actually, I'm going to come back around to what you just said, because I think it's so important. Well, let me ask the next. We got a couple more questions that came in. This person texted in, how do we call someone to live and love like Jesus without coming across judgmental? And they asked a couple more things there, but just run with that. How do we come across not judgmental? Yes. Yeah, the question is beautiful. And later in their writing, they said, calling up can sometimes feel insensitive. How do we clearly show love, not judgment? I think this is so difficult currently in our culture because the culture language is the way you show love to me is to affirm whatever it is that I want to do. That That is the way, and so we as believers are living in a world that's telling us that, and we start to believe it even on some level. And so not only does the person we're talking to, are we worried that they're going to feel like judge? We also are kind of thinking, who am I to tell them, right? I mean, we're wrestling with that on our own. The words that have been most helpful for me was a guy that actually was teaching me at one point to share my faith with people that I knew well or were in my family. And he said, if you can genuinely say, because I love you, blank, if you can genuinely say that, then say that, right? If you can't genuinely say, because I love you, then maybe it is, I want something selfishly for me, or I'm wanting to judge you or whatever. If you can genuinely say that, that's going to be felt 90% of the time. And so I actually will try that out before I say something, even in the mirror, right? Like if I'm about to confront a friend in love, I will say, because I love you. And then there's a self-check is it really because I love you or is it because I actually want them to be different for me? If it's because I love you, 
then I feel better about entering into that conversation. And we know, like as parents, right, that was one of the things I've touched on briefly related to, to Paul's point in the passage on Sunday. We know as parents, true love is going to not be okay with someone doing something that's wrong because we love them. That's not best for them, right? And so a parent that loves his child is going to parent, not just say, hey, whatever you want to do is okay. Friendship is the same way. If we see a friend that we really love doing something that's not best for them is going to hurt them and hurt others, we step in and we say something. I think you said it well uh, using Rob's words, but you said it's a call up, not a call out. That's right. Rob Bauscher, who works with our men in our church, uses the wording a lot. Instead of, it's not, I'm going to call you out, I'm going to call you up. Now, this is a little bit different question, but uh, it was actually written in, but in your group or small group, if it's mainly non-believers, so your group of your small group of belonging, whatever it is, if they're mainly non-believers, can you still find that belonging you mentioned in your sermon? On a level, yes. Uh, we we live in a culture right now that is what I call. I talked about it a little bit Sunday also, but post-Christian, we the, the the culture sees so much of the good teaching in the Bible. Valuing people is is so important in our culture. Uh, some of the nicest people I know are not Christians. Uh, some of the most, uh, if you skip down to opening up and sharing, some of the most, uh, I'm forgetting the word, when you, you're, you're li- social justice, uh, some of the most just, yeah, compassion, justice-minded people that I know are not Christians. Can you have real friendships with non-Christians? Yes, absolutely. There's a side that I, as an individual, apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, I can't give to someone else if, if it's not superly empower, supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit. So I do think that there's a level of Christian friendship that becomes supernatural that you're going to miss out on if your close friends are all non-believers. And then I would also say that the primary thing that you'll miss out on is they, they're not going to lift you up to the standard that Scripture calls us to, to live and love like Jesus. They, they, will, they can encourage you to be a good person, right? But some of the teaching of Scripture, that they're not going to be able to offer that back if they're not also pursuing Christ. Now, you still need to be friends with the non-believer. Absolutely. Because that is where true relationship evangelism takes place. But yeah. it's I think of the illustration I just used with one of my boys. If they're standing on you're standing on a chair, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier for the person to pull you down off the chair than pull you up, which is the non believer pulling you down. Um, and you said they're kind, they're all that, but they don't have Jesus. Absolutely. So you need to show them Jesus, but not yeah. get entangled in that. And please don't hear that as an elitist statement. In no way are Christians better in ourselves. That's that's not it. In fact, I hope you heard the other thing I said. I, I can't offer what this list shows apart from being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And even then, when I choose to live in myself, I'm not doing it, right? So it's not saying Christians are any better or that, man, you, bet, you better find Christian friends because they're more righteous or what it's saying. No, they're Christian friends empowered by the Spirit you end up becoming a friend with God. Uh, I've heard someone say, because you're a believer, I'm actually closer to God right now than I was before you walked in the room. Well, God's omnipresent. Yes, He is, but in a unique way, He's also in your life. I think a, a good way to say it is this: those five things you gave us, the call up, lift up, fire up, mm-hmm. hold up, open up, those are all things we are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But if we're not friends with a 
Christian, good, solid friends with a Christian, they're not doing those things to us either. On the same level, that's right. Yeah, that's so right. That's, that's, that's how I viewed it yes. from your sermon. Well, we're about out of time. Good. Uh, speaking of friendship, yes. uh, I, I love this time with you each week just to kind of share some of that. Is there any final word or anything? I know next week we're going to talk about loving your enemies. Yes. So Paul's going to talk about what about those who persecute you? What are those that are doing evil to you, right? Not just your friends. What do we do back? And and I, what what excites me so much is what, what he shows us is that if we don't do what he calls us to here, evil's going to actually overcome us, but we can overcome evil with good. And so how do we love our enemies? What does that look like? And it's it's good, literally, but also really good what he's going to teach us to do. So basically you're saying, how do we love the people that throw leeches on us? Is what you're uh, there trying you to go. Say. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but I do I would encourage you again to like share this podcast. I know the next few sermons, uh, cause we're in that part of Romans, it's a little more practical information, mm-hmm. uh, but we would love to answer some of those practical questions. Yes. So again, you can do that text, the word question to nine, six, one, two, three, and it'll send you a prompt and then reply to that prompt with your question. And we'll try to address those in the next few podcasts as we go along. Yes. Um, I'll give you the final word as we, Oh, if I didn't say like, share, subscribe, I think I did. But just to make sure, we'll yeah. double that. Yeah, that's how we know if this is beneficial to you and if we should continue after summer is how many uh, listens are, are, and then also likes and shares increase the opportunity and for this to be used. you joked the other day about 13. We have, we have a, a 100, 130 people uh, downloading it each week. So there's a good number of you out there. We just would like to hear from you. Yes, good. So I do want to say, as we close, you alluded to this earlier, but if, if you're here as part of our church family, right, and you have not found community, maybe you've even tried a life group and it didn't connect in your life. Uh, one, I want to just say I'm sorry. Uh, for, we as a church family, this is super important for us that, that we can be true Christian friends to those that we are going through life with. But I would invite you to not step back and feel sorry for yourself, but to step up like Paul calls you to and to start helping us to love people like the Bible says. So maybe you didn't receive it, uh, the way that you were hoping to receive it in a group, but you can be obedient to what the Spirit calls us to, and you can help give it. And as you give it, I believe you'll start receiving it. So I just want to challenge you. I'm again, I'm sorry, genuinely sorry if you've tried it and it didn't happen for you. But I want to, I want to let that motivate you. Help us not let that happen for the next person. Step in and start doing what, what, what Paul teaches it looks like to be a real friend. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting question to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.